For this week, we've got our first impressions of Justice League, the Snyder Cut, and we want to talk about Warhammer Age of Sigmar. I'm Dirk. I'm Stev. And this is Super Arrogant Bros. You're listening to the Madcast Media Network. Madcastmedia.com No. Okay. Welcome to Super Egg Bros, recorded on March 22nd of 2021. And uh, we spent four hours yesterday watching the Snyder Cut for Justice League. Oh man. Yeah. We we had you we had you over for that Sev and uh yeah. We've got some yeah, we've got some impressions for this one to talk about and mm-hmm. uh yeah, do you want to go first? God, okay. So I will go first when it comes down to this. Like this is such It's really really good. Okay. Like I I I don't know I, I don't know what I was expecting going into it because Justice League before very poo poo. Yeah. But now like holy shit. <laughs> like the thank you. Thank you, Zack Snyder, for existing in this view in, in this universe. Yeah, this is something that I want to talk about here actually, because mm-hmm. so we we've um we've had Man of Steel come out in twenty thirteen. I mm-hmm. liked it. I, I enjoyed how the, the movie was showing what it would be like if two of the uh, Kryptonians were to actually fight in Metropolis and the actual damage that it would cause by doing so. I enjoyed mm-hmm. Batman v Superman, both theatrical and Ultimate Edition, because I am an avid Batman reader. I love the books, especially Frank Miller, except for The Dark Knight Strikes Again. That was a miss, but... Yeah, The Dark Knight Returns, though, is one of the most important Batman stories that has been written and is something that I will ultimately praise for as long as I remain a Batman fan. And so that's what I got from uh, Batman v Superman. And then, Mm -hmm. then in 2017, we get Justice League. And in preparation for this, we watched the Ultimate Edition of Batman v Superman. Uh, we had uh, you, we had Zayt, we had Mitchard all going in with the th- in the theater to watch mm-hmm. this movie. Do you remember what our thoughts are when that movie came out and we watched it? That's basically what I felt. It was like, eh, okay. I mean, that was kind of cool. I didn't really know what to really make of it. I didn't like the CGI, uh, the CGI street. That's kind of what like really mood killed for me yeah because it looked really cheap like really cheap they can make cyborg look amazing but they can't make a fucking street look better it's a foggy street with a bunch of fucking lamplights yeah I, i don't know why they did that but okay i guess Mm Hmm. and also batman was way too how do i say he he was too funny yeah, he he was not written in the way that you would expect Batman to be written. Like Batman is is not like 
above the idea of uh, of cracking a joke when that when the time fits it. Like he's done it in the animated series, he's done it in the comics. Um, like you, you've had scenarios where uh, Batman pulls out a a tool that's supposed to have a charge for machines, and he he says, "I call it the the battery." And Harley Quinn's with him. He's saying, "No, you fucking don't!" Like, like, like shit, what? like that. But uh, you can't do that. You, you you can't do that. You can't make jokes. You can't <laughs> make jokes. I can. I can also laugh. Do you want me to? No, please. <laughs> well, like, yeah, yeah. The, the like Batman is supposed to be very, very stoic, and so when you uh, you've got Harley Quinn hearing Batman laughing at her for the very first <laughs> time, it scares the shit out of her. She's worried, like fuck is happening i, I don't th- like this I, I i don't like this i feel i feel anxiety right now but uh so in the in the middle of uh the development process for batman v superman and i'm sorry for justice league warner mm-hmm. brothers said okay no we're gonna have joss whedon doing this and joss whedon essentially tried to create an Avengers, an Avengers film using the Justice League. Yeah. And it and didn't it, work. It, it, it didn't work whatsoever. Okay, here's the thing when it comes down to the, uh, when it came down to the Avengers. They're serious, but they're also a bunch of friends. Let's just put it at that. So it's, it's, it was, it was a lot of younger people. You know, we had Quicksilver, we had Thor, we had Tony Stark, who is an infamous wisecracker, so to speak. Um, and it would just, they had funny moments in there that didn't detract from the story, but hearing Batman crack a joke out of nowhere is really unsettling. Yeah. Uh, the, the stupid little scene where Aquaman is accidentally touching the lasso of truth and he goes on about like friendship and stuff like that. Like, Hmm. Okay. That. That exists, I guess. I didn't really need it, but more power to you, I guess. The the best way I can describe it is it's you're taking the Frank Miller Batman and having him crack jokes. That's yeah. re- that's really what happened here. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, it, it was a it was a shift in tone. Maybe if I want to correct myself here, I could say that he didn't so much try to create an Avengers film. But he was trying to create um, the the super, uh, well, the super friends or the Justice League from the old yeah. Hanna Barbera mm-hmm. cartoons. Yeah, and and it wasn't working whatsoever because Marvel's Marvel is lighthearted. Well, it has its many lighthearted moments. When it comes down to Justice League, just Justice League is darker than the Avengers. Yeah, like they have killed people. Like that is a thing that Wonder Woman will do because she's got a sword, she got a shield. Uh, she has been shown, I think, in the comics multiple times, like just straight up murking a guy. Yeah, it's, and I mean, like it probably not the same thing for the Flash. It's probably this. It's it's definitely the same thing for Aquaman. But like all all of the Justice League, all of the Justice Leaguers in their line of work have had to kill someone because that's the only way that you can do it. Like that's the only way that you get to save the day. It's not just uh, well, 
I mean, I'm not going to kill him. I'm just going to break every bone in his body and then, you know, send him to jail. No, it was murder. Yeah. Like, these people had guns. They are shooting at me. We're going to stop them shooting guns one way or the other. They had to go. They had to go. They were in the way. Mm -hmm. I get an achievement for killing everyone in this area. Yeah. So, it's... Like you and I were able to to sit during the the entire duration of the four hours of this movie, mm-hmm. and we had a good time doing so, and that says a lot for the film. I, being able to, to watch Red Letter Media's review of uh, the Snyder Cut and being as positive as they were about this, that says something because they happily shed on the theatrical edition just like we did. Yeah, uh, because like the theatrical edition was it was a missed uh, it was a missed point, but it was one of the most crucial missed points of the DC uh, universe movies. Um, this is this is one where Warner Brothers really could not have afforded to fuck up, and now all of a sudden it's like, oh, we actually do have this cut. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll put it out, but now like if if things go right for people that are watching this at home. We could actually get a demand for more of uh, of the cinematic universe. Yes, and it and now I'm going to get into why I liked the Zack Snyder cut. It didn't pull any punches. Wonder Woman kills people. They made it very blatantly obvious that these people are terrorists. They're not bank robbers. If you've seen the theatrical release, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, like people die in this film. Like, straight up die, not like, oh, there's no blood or whatever that. So they got knocked out or something like that. No. Fuck, dude. It made me feel better about the Justice League movie. Actually seeing that there were stakes other than you just got knocked out. Yeah. Yeah. And it all, yeah. And, and, and for me... It made the Justice League feel like a DC movie because Marvel focuses on like, you know, kind of like the human powers of it. Like it's somewhat grounded in reality. DC, these are basically gods. You know, I mean, Superman is straight up an invulnerable son of a bitch if you take Kryptonite out of the equation. Yeah. Wonder Woman was born from a god. The Flash is the fastest human being alive. Cyborg's a cybernetic god. He can hack into anything. Batman, at least in the comics, has shown that his will and his genius is completely up there. Where he can outsmart gods and defeat them. Mm -hmm. We've seen it when he became one of the Green Lanterns. We've seen it with the Yellow Lantern. Like he 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 can do, he can use the rings, and that's a very hard thing to do for hell any being. And we have three, four Green Lanterns, something along those lines. Yeah, and they're very powerful. So DC is supposed to be a place where gods exist. Like these people have God mode enabled, so to speak, and they're fighting against people with God mode as well. Right, and it's just. I like it. Um, something and, and Justice yeah. League made it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Just, but even in the duration of the four hours, you you're mentioning how how there were stakes to to what was going on here. They mm-hmm. didn't just shoot their load from this movie either. I was excited about the idea of uh, having Darkseid uh, being a, a final confrontation in this movie, but they didn't. No, they, they held they off. Knew, they knew how Zack Snyder knew that he wanted to make a Justice League series. So what he what did he do? They never actually fight Darkseid. They actually decide to say, let's make him feel like he is top bitch. In the movies during the, you know, climactic fight scene in the middle of the in the middle of the movie when it goes over like why exactly the mother boxes are in are are, are on earth. It showed that he's a badass. Yeah. It took one, two, three different gods to fight Darkseid and force him into a retreat. They defeated his armies, yes, but at the same time, it made Darkseid feel like a legible threat because there weren't humans fighting him. Well, there were there were humans fighting him, but they were just fucking getting massacred. The exact moment they tried to fight Darkseid, like, that was it. Sorry, son. No, you you, you go sit down. Yeah. You're a level one mook. You just fought the raid boss by yourself. <laughs> you are the big dumb. Let the big boys handle this now. Mm-hmm. And they made Darkseid feel like he is a looming threat. They made, in, 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 in the theatrical release, they made Steppenwolf feel like he was top bitch. They didn't allude that he was being controlled like he was the he was a mook. They made it seem like he was just he lost and now he's coming back because he 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 he's a sore loser or whatever. Like, okay. Whatever, I guess. But in this one, Steppenwolf is the bottom bitch. He is low right now. He is do- he is he is going on his dark crusade to gain more favor with Darkseid so that way he can stay by his side once again. And they don't do this by showing off Darkseid like 100% of the time. They talk uh, he's talking to his like to his advisor. And his advisor is saying, "No, you're a loser." You don't get to talk with the big boss because you're a loser. Yeah, I love that. Take I, over Earth and then maybe you get to talk to him. But I super love and, that. Yeah, and, and then when we got the actual reveal of Darkseid talking to Steppenwolf, it immediately heightened like, okay, Darkseid sounds like he is a big-ass badass. He He... And he he wants success. That is all he cares about. He doesn't care about the other things that you've been doing along the way. He cares about your fucking success. And he gives Steppenwolf a direct order: take over Earth, and then scour the Earth uh, Earth's ruins to find this to find the anti-life equation. And already it raises the stakes even higher. Like, okay, what happens if he gets the anti-life equation? He basically becomes an immortal 
god of destruction and death. Mm-hmm. Like no one can stop him at that point if he gets the equation. So they already made him as powerful as they could for a villain. And I love it. Mm-hmm. Like I, I honestly love it. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm going to give the, the recommendation of, um, you know, upping your, your bring up your HBO max subscription and watching mm-hmm. this movie. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's worth it. It's worth the four hour investment of your time to do so. And, and I'm, I'm in no way ironically saying this or jokingly saying this, like I enjoy this because I like comics, but also I can say that if you're a, a normal audience member that maybe doesn't read the comics, like the, the first, the, the theatrical edition uh, didn't do a great job of uh, giving all the characters breathing room before yeah. you put them in the justice league. Cause that was a it big felt rushed. Yeah. That was the big problem. Like the Avengers, the the Avengers had every character having their own film first before the big, the big deal of the Avengers. But in, in justice league, it's like you get a proper introduction for the flash and what he's about and what he's able to do. Same thing for cyber cyborg. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even, and even Aquaman, like the characters have their, their own story and their own breathing room. So that way there's actual buildup. And with like, I don't even mind it being four hours either. I welcome that. Uh, I, I don't care how long the movie is. Like I, I'm someone who spent six hours listening to a music album where it was supposed to illustrate what it's like to have Alzheimer's disease. Oh, I, like I'll have the patience for the fucking movie. I, I could yeah. do it, but it's also broken up in what six different parts before the epilogue. Yeah. 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 So it's like if if you need to take a break, uh, then just wait till that chapter's done, pause it, do what you need to, and then come back and and continue the movie. Mm-hmm. You were talking about yesterday how it's like the the line between movies and series is is further being blurred. Or was that Red Letter mm-hmm. Media? Yeah, it was, that was you. Yeah. And do you think that's going to be the case now? I honestly do. With the age of streaming, we are finally getting to a point where studios do not have an excuse to hold back. It's a lot cheaper to put things on streaming platforms now. We see Netflix throwing out originals almost every other month. Yep. There's 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 originals. There's Amazon Prime. There's uh, Hulu. There's fucking HBO Max. They're all throwing out their original movies so that way they can be the ones that will draw people into their platform. Yeah, I think it gives incentive and, for people to build home theaters. Yes, it, it gives incentives for people to say, well, if I'm going to be doing this from now on, I should probably be investing so that way I get the most out of this experience. Mm-hmm. And I I honestly hope that the next that the next Justice League movie will take that into account. Bring back Zack Snyder so that way he can do his thing. And it's just it is such a remarkable movie that I'm actually kind of upset that Warner Brothers didn't just say Zack go for it son. Go forth and be merry. I think it was the release of Men of Steel that had Warner Brothers a little bit weary about what to do about Zack Snyder. Because that like as much as I like that movie, 
it it was not the success for, that Warner Brothers was looking for. No, it wasn't. And and, and so that sort of uh, created the um, uh, the establishment of of how Warner Brothers was going to be treating these movies. Like you, you saw it happening with Batman v Superman, and then when the Ultimate Edition came out, it wasn't something that fans demanded. It was like we didn't know it was a thing until it, it eventually came out, but you it was depending on how well it was being marketed. This was such a, the, the justice league film was such a big spectacle that people were like, okay, I'm curious about this. I'll, I'll buy the, I'll buy the subscription for 15 bucks for this month and watch mm-hmm. the movie. It's cheaper than going out to a movie. Yes. And it's, this honestly reawakened my desire for having more DC films. Now, if, this is the stuff that they can put out now. I'm going to be happy. Now I understand it is the Zack Snyder cut, which means that who knows what's going to be happening with other future movies. Like who knows what's going to happen? Cause I, I would love to see a Constantine movie. Yeah. I would love to see Constantine. I'd love to see a Dr. Fate. I, I, I'd love to see another Shazam fuck i would love to see another flash but at this point it's i know i will probably get a little sad when it starts turning out that they're not going to be taking this up but at the same time i would rather not god what's it called i don't want I don't want Warner Brothers to fuck up. Like they have they have seen that Zack Snyder, if they give him enough room, he will make good shit. Yeah. So I'm really hoping that Warner Brothers takes that to heart and just says, all right, these people know their films. Let's get people that know DC in there with them. So that way they understand. So that way everyone can just kind of form this perfect little unity not the one that blows up earth but from a perfect little unity so that way they can make another great movie yeah well honestly i i mm -hmm. I would i would love to see a standalone batman film so would i uh we were supposed to get that too but well i mean we are getting so we're getting the um we're getting his younger years yeah we're getting the batman which yeah I'm I'm still extremely excited for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know that I I never knew that I'd be excited for a Robert Pattinson uh, Batman, but here I am. <laughs> and you know, it's like you, you can tell that uh, Robert was was feeling no motivation when he was doing the Twilight films, and so like after those films were all fucking done, Robert was able to actually take more advantage of the talent that he would have. Yeah, and do better films, and and that's I mean that's really the important thing for him. Now he's the fucking Dark Knight, so I, and I want to see where this goes, and and I, I'm gonna say it, I'm okay with this Joker. I I knew that he was going to have, what's it called? I I knew that the Joker could have been good. But unfortunately, I think Suicide Squad ruined it for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think I, I will stick by my guns by what I said. Jared Little can make a good Joker, but I don't like the direction that they took the Joker to begin with. They hyped him up way too much. They 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 raised everyone's expectations about what this Joker was supposed to be, and then it just it was he was a subplot. Yeah, you don't don't put Joker don't put Joker in the corner. He yeah. is a very well established. He is a very well established character in every single like DC comic that 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 has him like involved. And again, each one of the heroes like Rogues Gallery, when they branch out into other areas, it's very hard for each of these uh, for each of these characters to actually deal with them. Like, for instance, Joker's pure anarchy. He doesn't care if he wins. He only cares if the other guy loses. Yeah. Saw that with Superman. What does he do with Superman in order to hurt him the most and make him and and basically kill his persona? Force him to kill Lois. That broke him and gave us injustice. Yeah. And then uh, the relationship with Batman where it's like, if if the Joker dies, he would much rather it be by Batman's hand than anybody else. That was mm-hmm. that was part of the point for the the interaction between the two in the Dark Knight Returns. Yep, it was supposed to be a final confrontation where the Joker actually breaks him and makes him finally fucking kill him. Mm-hmm. But uh, read the book. But um. <sighs> We're gonna we're gonna get into this a lot more, maybe next week. Uh, we mm-hmm. we're gonna let this movie marinate for a little while. There are gonna be people that have not fully that have not finished this movie that are gonna be pissed off if they watch what we talk about and we spoil it. I guess. Yeah. So we're gonna let this sink in, and we're also gonna be talking with the guys from You Hate to See It to to talk about their impressions as well because mm-hmm. they're gonna have they're gonna I have get- things to talk about. I could actually hear three erections just rise somewhere in America. <laughs> I don't know. And, it was, <laughs> and it's, it's, I, I, I could feel it in my heart. I don't know about Adam's not, reaction not, not with correct. it, but I, I, th- Nick, absolutely. It's a really, yo, I know, absolutely. No, but it's just, I'm very, I'm very excited for the future of DC when it comes into the films now. Yeah. Like, finally. I, I, I want good things to come from this. Yeah. I Give think me that my Constantine. Yeah. Well, I think that 300 was a good movie. I think that the Watchmen, the, the, the director's cut was a good movie. Yeah. Zach is able to know what the fuck he's doing with DC. Let him work with the material. Let him do it. Yeah. So anyways, um, yeah. Can I, can I talk about something real quick here? Hmm. I, I, in the world of of uh, geek culture, mm-hmm. so if you are paying attention to what happens on the the geek culture sphere of things in YouTube, sure, you've got channels like Nerdrotic, you've got Clownfish TV, uh, Overlord DVD, and and these are people that really like build their careers based off of whatever drama has been going on between Disney, Marvel, uh, the BBC regarding um, uh, Doctor Who 
mm-hmm. so it's like I see endless like what feels like endless videos talking about the the most recent Doctor Who uh uh season with the with the uh, the new female doctor. I see uh Doomcock who makes these bullshit videos where he's talking about shit that just isn't fucking real or isn't fucking happening in the yeah. realm of, of Star Wars. And it's like, I can't understand how many times you can make a video talking about the same shit over and over. And that's why that's part of why this movie feels so fucking refreshing for me, like having mm-hmm. something go right for once and being able to actually like shoot my load over <laughs> what something that that's finally getting me excited again. You know, it, I I can't I can't I can't do like outrage clicks. I can't do like this never-ending barrage of of um Lucasfilm drama videos of Kathleen Kennedy. I've talked to death about Kathleen Kennedy. I can't make a career out of fucking doing that. I need something else. Yeah, and it's that's the main reason why I stay stay away from speculation videos is because fifty percent of that shit is going to be clickbait. Yeah, fifty percent of it is actually going to be bringing in actual evidence, and it's just some of uh, some of those that bring out speculation videos are right on the dot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time especially when it came down to Star Wars, Disney is cherry-picking out the parts that they like from the Legends universe from Star Wars and making it canon. Yeah. And it just... Like, you can't make speculation videos about Star Wars anymore because who knows what what they're going to do with the continuity. Yeah. Like, who knows what the hell is going to be happening in uh, Mandalorian? Mm Mm-hmm. Who knows what's going to be happening in the next Star Wars films? Uh, Lando Calrissian, the new Lando film, or Lando film, new Lando series, the new Thrawn series. Who knows what is exactly going to be happening in all of these areas? And what and 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 what people keep forgetting is that sometimes they won't be furthering the storylines. They'll probably be going backwards so that way they can flesh out the characters a lot more. Uh, it's the same thing for uh, probably Lord of the Rings, the Lord of the Rings series that's coming out that's coming out on Amazon. God knows when. Mm-hmm. Who knows what that's going to be about? Who knows what's gonna? Uh, who knows what the Elder Scrolls series is going to be about? Who knows what the Fallout series is going to be about? Like shit. A lot of these speculation videos are just kind of bullshit. Y- yeah. I mean, and, and they rely on clickbait. They rely on people that just want to hear more about it, and they can't tell the difference between actual news and actual information, and just click pity, uh, clickbaity bullshit that raises the hype to God knows how many levels of hype that there can be, and then everyone gets disappointed because it's not the thing that they wanted. Yeah, and it's just like I'll give it. To, I'll give it to Doomcock. When uh, when he releases video talking about how, well revealing how uh, Ray was going to be uh, shown that or you know revealed to be the you know Palpatine's granddaughter like that like he's how I found out about what was going on in the spoilers of uh, the what was it um, 
Rise of Sky uh yeah, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, something yeah, like, like that. Yeah, like like Doomcock is is who spoiled the movie to me so I figured out like what was going on so that way I came to the movie prepared for what horse shit I was going to put in my mouth. Mm-hmm. But at the same time it's like how many videos can I watch of like Kathleen Kennedy is going to be getting fired. Oh boy. And then nothing Ooh. fucking happens. Yep. Like, do I want Kathleen Kennedy to be let go from from Lucasfilm and and to keep her off of Star Wars? You bet your ass I do. I want her as <laughs> I want her as far away from Star Wars as possible and let somebody else who actually gives a shit to take over. But at the mm-hmm. same time though, it's like with what we do, I would I would much rather get into like the full detail of like why you shouldn't spend your money on something or why you should be spending your money on maybe getting an HBO Max subscription to watch this movie or buying the Warhammer figures that I've been getting into so dick deep in. Like, I, yeah. I'd rather do that. Mm-hmm. And it it's just, I don't know. I don't like speculation stuff anyways. So yeah. I don't know what exactly. I I don't know. I don't like it anymore. I just I just don't watch speculation stuff anymore. Unless somebody like immediately tells me, "Oh, you should probably, probably do this." I, okay, I guess. Yeah, I mean that was sure. the that was the point of the videos I've been making about like John Schaefer or Marilyn Manson because it's like I could I could speculate what's going to happen to either of those two, but it's like until news comes out, I've been silent about Schaefer and and the uh, and the updates, and I've been silent about. Um, new accusations towards Manson because it's like there's no objectivity between behind what's going on here. Mm-hmm. So speaking of Warhammer, though, let's yeah. go. Ahead, let's go ahead and get into this. So, Age of Sigmar is something that is a uh, very very different from Warhammer 40k, but it's all from the same roof. Yeah. So yeah. basically, so let, let's let's go to the beginning. The beginning. So in the beginning, the world is exploded. Chaos is one, yada, yada, yada. You get the idea. Uh, I'm just going to say this right now. The beginning of Age of Sigmar is really fucking weird, so bear with me. So, Sigmar, with his super-duper hammer, is floating through space. While he, throats, uh, while he floats through space, a uh, star dragon pops out of existence and says to Sigmar, Hey buddy, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you heal up and we're going to be best buddies. So Sigmar, imagine a good guy. Viking is riding on top of a giant star dragon going through the stars into the, into the realms of, uh, into the mortal realms and in the mortal realms. It's just, it's so fucking weird. I'm not going to lie, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, but in Warhammer Fantasy, basically they prelude to Age of Sigmar longest running and depending on who you ask, the only the only fantasy that uh Warhammer has right now. In Warhammer Fantasy, you have the Winds of Magic. These Winds of Magic come from the realms of magic and they just float on through float on through the world so you can cast your magic fire bolts and stuff like that these realms and i do have a list up right now are azir the realm of heaven ulgul the realm of shadow shayesh the realm of death akweshi the realm of fire gur the realm of beasts hish the realm of light 
Chamon, the realm of metal. Giron, the realm of life. Chaos. There you go. Nine realms. And if you think that using the Winds of Magic is pretty cool in fantasy, well, guess what? You can do that at all times because you are in a specific realm of magic. and People live there. And, uh, well, Sigmar's like, hey, cool, I'm going to uh, create humanity again via my memories. It's fantasy. Imagine this as the age of myth. Where all of the weird shit that you remember reading about in Greek mythology about how a fucking birch tree was created or how Poseidon fucked a dolphin and apparently that's how mermaids happened. Yeah. I don't I don't know whether or not that's actually true, but I'm, I believe in it. <laughs> but that's how we started all of a sudden getting, you know, all of the backstory about how humans are now in the uh, in the realms of magic, how elves are in the realm of magic, how orcs are in the realm of magic, how all of these places basically got the old races into this uh, into this like universe now. So things were going pretty swell. Sigmar's like, hey, I'm going to have best buddy times with my new buddies. Uh, a screaming mushroom, three elves, a hot elf, uh, a space skeleton man who hates me, but we're not going to talk about that. And we're going to go fight against four jackasses that away. Let's go do that. And wouldn't you know it, they don't know how to get along. <laughs> so they fuck up and then begins the age of chaos now they can't blow up the realms of magic because one the elves stole one of the gods two they live there and three it is really hard to kill gigantic infin like infinite realms to get rid of one guy so we're just going to conquer all the realms so that way we so that way chaos wins during this time, everyone just decides that they want to start backstabbing each other. Gods of order just kind of scatter across the winds, so to speak. Each one of them is going into different areas and locking themselves in with their followers and just basically trying to fortify the fort. They're building forts right now. So you have Sigmar, who locks himself in a Queshi, so that way he can build up his new... Uh, his new... Uh, oh, fucking not a Queshi. Yeah, no, Azir. Locks himself in his ear, so that way he can build up his not space marines. You have, uh, I think her name is Aurelia, something like that. Builds up the dryads back up again, along with her elven followers. The two twin dick gods go and make a new race of elves that are going to be bigger and better than everything that has ever come into play. Then he tries to murder his children. That's a bad time. So they went into they went into the seas and instead of just saying, oh, like, OK, well, I, I, I was a bad father. I should probably not do that. No, he tries to murder them. He tries to murder an entire race of elves because he thinks that they're going to fall to chaos. So his brother has to come in and say, OK, stop. Don't do that. Bad. So Teclis is like, okay, cool, fine. I'll make new elves that are cooler and worship cows. I, I don't. I don't know. It's just the Age of Sigmar lore is really hard to get into. Like, to, It's really hard to generalize in my mind because there's so much shit you have to go through. 
because while I'm talking about two different elves, you're probably lost to shit right now. All you need to know, shit hit the fan, Age of Chaos happened, Chaos looks like it's going to win again. Age of Sigmar comes around. Daddy Sigmar has finally finished creating his big boy, uh, his big boy, not space marines, otherwise known as uh, the Sigmarines. I'm just going to call them that. Because I don't I don't know what you want from me here. Buddy. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, that, that's basically it. The Stormcast Eternals, yada, yada, whatever. They're cool, I guess. And so he goes to war with Chaos. Chaos is fighting uh, during this time. Nagash is basically calling himself the god of death. So he wants all of the souls. Like, this guy died. Give me his soul. And all the other gods are like saying, no. And then they fuck off. <laughs> so this gets Nagash a little peeved. So now he wages war against the forces of order. During that time, the god of fungus, otherwise known as the god of orcs, splits into two again and tells Sigmar he can suck it. And they go off and do their own thing in the realm of Gur. Um, so, okay, all so you need to know at this point is that there's the Order of Chaos with all the elves, the dwarves, and uh, all the humans. Okay. The Stormcast Eternals. Grand, uh, the Grand Alliance of Death, which includes all the dead people, including the vampires and necromancers. Chaos, evil demon people that want to stab you or do other things to you. It depends on the god. And then you have the Order of Destruction. I would like to fight all of the things. Please and thank you. That is all we are going to do. And within each of these orders are different sub-orders that you need to worry about. Uh, for instance, the ones that everyone loves talking about would be the Uruk War Clans and the Gloom and the Gloomspite Gits. Basically, imagine a giant orc that wants to kill things at all times. And he's huge. Like, huge. They're, they're really fucking fun. They're really fucking cool. And then you have the Gloomspite Gits. That can't make glassware, so they steal it. And each one of them has their own way of waging war. They follow the bad moon up in the sky. Don't ask me what that is. All you need to know is that they worship it, because why wouldn't they? Okay. So and then let's, of course, yeah, let's, let's yeah, keep going. Start with uh, let's start talking about something part of the uh, in the forefront with Warhammer. Uh, Age of Sigmar. So I, I've got the website for Games Workshop pulled up right now, actually. And mm -hmm. I'm looking at the Stormcast Eternals. And mm -hmm. and these are the guys that you you uh, refer to as, like, the totally not Space Marines, right? Totally not Space Marines, no. Okay. So since these guys are in the, are in the forefront uh, representing Age of Sigmar, can we talk a little bit about this uh, this faction and what they're about? Okay, so what this faction is is that they are basically the elite of Sigmar. They are Sigmar's chosen. They have been created from the uh, from the souls of heroes or heroes that were about to die. Sigmar just basically scoops them up, puts them in a forge, and says, "All right, you are now a bigger badass." You'll notice that a lot of the names kind of sound exactly like 
other older heroes. Uh, for instance, we have Setra. He's not exactly very happy at the fact that he is a Stormcast right now, but he's there. So he, he basically got a lot of the older heroes from, from Fantasy and put them into his elite regiments. And basically what the Stormcast Eternals are, they're, they're the elite infantry. They go out and they protect the people of Sigmar and the people of order in general. Each one of them has a different chamber militant that is housed within a great city within each of, within most of the, uh, what's it called? Within the realms of magic, within the mortal realms, more specifically. Uh, each realm has a city of Sigmar. Some of these realms, I mean, some of these cities just so happen to also be a part of two different realms. Uh, Hammerfell is going to be one that probably comes that probably comes to uh, mind. You're probably looking at some of the cities of Sigmar stuff, and it's like the Greywater Fastness. Uh, what's the other one that I was looking at? Uh, again, it gets into a lot of weird different things because that's a Cities of Sigmar thing. Yeah. And I don't play Cities of Sigmar. <laughs> I have the book somewhere back over here. But just... They're shock infantry. They go out, they do quests, they go do all of this other stuff. They're considered heroes, like legendary heroes, if you play uh, Total War Warhammer. That's basically how great they are in the eyes of Sigmar's people. Yeah, I, I'm scrolling through a lot of the miniatures here uh, live on the stream, mm -hmm. and and these these guys are looking extremely badass. Yeah. I'm I'm getting some hints of like maybe some Roman mythology, like Roman uh, uh, culture with this, a yeah, little bit of Greek as well. You're you're gonna see that a lot in different in different factions. Mm -hmm. So, for instance, if you go to the cities of Sigmar to the Free Guild Company, they're technically early German Renaissance, like infantry. Great swords used to be called Zweihanders. They're writing hippogriffs, and a lot of their armor just kind of screams, I'm very German. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, yeah. And so with, with uh, Age of Sigmar, this is a drastic change from Warhammer Fantasy, which... Back when I looked into Warhammer Fantasy, and I was like, I was wanting to to start buying models for that, but then was uh, was directed that maybe I shouldn't be spending the money on it because not a lot of people are playing it. But it felt uh, I, I felt like I was uh, looking at something more geared towards fans of the of Tolkien fantasy, mm -hmm. whereas Age of Sigmar is a very different kind of atmosphere in comparison. Mm -hmm. it's much more it's very high fantasy like extremely high fantasy like if he, they would they would be out of place in any other universe i'm not gonna lie uh you, you you can't put them in you can't put them in the tolkien universe because some of them are very overpowered uh you can't put them in the witcher universe because again this is high magic bullshit Okay. They ex yeah, they 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 are what you would be hearing about of epic mytho uh, mythological battles happening. Like 
this is this is when like the gods are very active where in other universes they wouldn't be very active they'd be just kind of this aloof divine being that just so happens to sometimes bestow blessings upon the people this isn't that it is very what's it called it's very niche for what it is right this is like the first real original thing that they've created in a very long time now like in comparing and contrasting this to 40k in 40k you've got your your chaos gods you have uh corn zinch uh slanesh and and nurgle uh, Mm -hmm. but they all appear in age of sigmar as well so these are two different these are two different uh franchises but they're they're sharing a lot of the same characteristics though um only when it comes down to chaos itself what you'll notice is that there's a lot of different characters in each in each uh what's it called in in age of sigmar that you cannot use in uh warhammer 40k i'm talking about the arcanites arcanites of zinch has a lot of mortal followers you don't see you they have no rules for some of uh, for actually a lot of those models in Warhammer 40k because while the gods exist in both universes their followers do not they are losing well it could be argued that they are losing the battle in Age of Sigmar and they are also losing the battle in Warhammer 40k if you really wanted like start debating the good guys are winning sort of thing okay um It is. It's really hard to draw comparisons between them outside of chaos itself, because chaos has one big champion in both universes: Archeon the Everchosen, Abaddon the Despoiler. Both of them, well, one of them, Abaddon the Despoiler, has the blessing from all four gods. Whereas Archeon, uh, Archeon, the Everchosen, only has the blessings of three gods because Slanesh is effectively in prison right now by the elves. And he despises the now fourth acting Chaos God. Okay. So, yeah. now you've also got the Grand Alliance death. That includes a faction that I currently have called Night Haunt. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, wh- talk about what you um, are liking from the Grand Alliance death. So from the Grand Alliance death, I play an army that is known as the Osiarch Bone Reapers. Osiarch Bone Reapers, imagine them as ancient Mayan death gods or, or death warriors, I guess. They have that Aztec Mayan sort of ancient Latin America vibe to them. Like, look, Like if you look at their armor right now, you will uh sorry man. you will begin to notice that a lot of them have like this weird like aztec feel to it and it's 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 i i i just got drawn to it it looked really fucking cool i'm actually looking at them right now uh yeah, one I'm of the models right that's now. that's standing up to uh standing out to me is uh mortison soul mason Mm-hmm. Which yeah the pimp yeah the pimp chair 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, like this, that's an actually a really interesting model that I'm looking at here too. Um, yeah, it's, I, I can actually see a lot of the Mayan influence in this too. Mm-hmm. And they build ziggurats. They have a cast system. They have a lot of this other stuff. And it just, for me, it's interesting because I like playing with a lot of the smaller, a lot of the smaller models, like the Mortec Guard right there, if you want to scroll down a little bit. Oh, yeah. You'll, uh, oh, you'll, you'll, you'll see that in the, uh, OCR Bone Reapers, that, uh, fuck, what's it called? The OCR Bone Reapers deal a lot and a lot they deal a lot with just infantry models, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, they have a few different monstrous infantry stuff, but they are the endless legion. They throw out as many of these little guys as possible towards the enemy because they are created. Uh, fuck, what's it called? They are made to fight. Their souls have their souls have been cherry picked to involve all of the martial prowess from different souls and only loyalties to the god of death. Like it is not a good thing to serve death. I'm just gonna say that right now. Because where these are the elite chosen of Nagash, they are created by Nagash to go out and expand the influence of death. The night haunt is just this giant scythe that you just let fucking go. And to be a part of the night haunt is to be a part of eternal torment. And it is fucking... If you read the lore of the night haunt, it gets really fucking weird. It does. It does. And uh, in in reading the lore, it's like it doesn't even matter what kind of person you were during your mortal life you could have been a, a an incredible human being but then you you suddenly die and all of a sudden now you're you're serving with the rest of the night haunt uh nope doesn't matter the good deeds you did you are now uh, a ghost boy and you are gonna go haunt this city yep not just haunt you're gonna murder every living thing that you see in that fucking city yeah yeah and and just one member of the night haunt can can cause all kinds of chaos and destructions on a on a town. Two of them. Mm-hmm. Oh no, son, you are you are screwed. Yeah, and uh, each night haunt is a part of a procession. Mm-hmm. So before the night haunt were just basically ghosts that would go out and people would fear them because you know they're ghosts. You can't really kill a ghost. But with something that is known as the necroquake it just awakened the night haunt and just drove an endless amount of souls out from the middle of Shyesh out into the mortal realms. And it just fucking swept some of these. If you look in the army book for the night haunt, there is a short story where a group of, uh, where a, a small garrison of Stormcast Eternals just get annihilated within a few seconds. Because the night haunt are, there are so many night haunt that they that they just couldn't deal with it, so they basically damned an entire city to being massacred by, uh, uh, being massacred by the night haunt, and they are, in my opinion, like one of the greatest threats that the mortal that the mortal realms will ever have to face. 
because if Nagash got his way and he is getting his way so far, the entirety of the mortal realms is just going to be one giant realm of Shyesh mm-hmm. of just death. And it's not looking good for a lot of the different people that are nearby. Yeah. Now, one of the big things I noticed between uh, the Warhammer Fantasy and Age of Sigmar models is the base. Instead mm-hmm. of the square bases, we have these round bases, uh, just like we did for do for Warhammer 40k. Mm-hmm. What is um, what does that signify? So, in Warhammer Fantasy, it was it wasn't about the heroes; it was about the regiments. Mm-hmm. So in Warhammer Fantasy, you have, yes, you can bring out as many heroes as you want, but they're going to get picked off almost immediately if you don't have people to protect them. How do you protect them? You put them in groups of, you put them in groups of infantry. That infantry is just basically going to be protecting those people as long as they can as they are marching across the field. Basically, Warhammer Fantasy is about giant epic battles. I remember going into a tournament of nearly 2,000 points and seeing a fairly big table filled up with models. They're shooting at each other. They have artillery. There's different shooting phases, magic phases, um, combat phases, uh, battle shock phases. And there's and the reason why a lot of people trying to get into fantasy couldn't get into fantasy because there's so many different things you have to learn about. There's so many different books that you have to buy. And it just, like, for a newcomer looking in, for me, when I was, like, 15, 16, getting, like, maybe 10, 20 bucks a a week Mm -hmm. to just basically spend on on things. Like, God, that's fucking huge. And then they tell me, like, right after that, yeah, um, yeah, well, I mean, like, next week we're going to be playing a giant, like, 10,000-point game. Okay, so I went over there on a Saturday and it's just giant blocks of shit like, oh, my God, like imagine. Imagine the Hobbit, the Battle of the Five Armies. What was the last Hobbit film? Yeah, Battle of the Five Armies. Yeah, Battle of the Five Armies. Mm -hmm. Imagine that. On a table. And it's just it looks remarkable yeah that is what that that is what fantasy was supposed to be about but at the same time the entry level was so fucking weird because you needed big big units to stay competitive you needed to you needed different units in order to make sure that you could you know actually win games and it was really hard to do like looking into the game now, I wouldn't get into fantasy because of how much time and effort I'm going to need to put into, like, basically building the same model over and over and over again. Whereas in Age of Sigmar, you can still get those games, but it's a lot more manageable. I don't have to worry about having to keep them in formation. Like, you still have to worry about consolidation, but now I don't have, like, giant blocks that I need to be careful with to move. Now I can just stick them around move them around a little bit make it look like they're you know, I, I can put them in formation if i want because like it just makes it look better on the battlefield but with age of stigmar it was you get these blocks that's it 
Like you don't have to worry about the individual models being like misplaced or anything like that. You just need to keep them in blocks. And so a lot of people would just say, well, I'm just going to put a little sticky note right on here and just push this forward. And that's a block of 20 guys. That wasn't really what Games Workshop wanted to happen, in my opinion, at least. Okay. So that's why I really like Age of Sigmar, because you can individually paint each one of the models. And I'm trying to look for one that I was working on today, but I can't find it. Oh, well... And I'm not going to get up right now, but it's just. I personally like Age of Sigmar a little bit more now. Because it's there's a lot of really cool and interesting and original models, in my opinion. That keep my interest. I have nearly 2000 points of Sisters of Battle sitting over here right now. I have 2000 points of Space Marines. I have 2000 points of Drukari. Uh, Dark Eldar. And so getting into Age of Sigmar and seeing a lot of these, while monoposed, like beautifully sculpted models, like it, it got my attention almost immediately. Like I basically main three armies Heat Knights of Slanesh, Daughters of Cain, Osiarch Bone Reapers. Daughters of Cain is going to be my most expensive army right now. I think I'm sitting about maybe 3,000 points. And that gives me a boatload of fucking models that i can play with totally yeah and it just feels better it looks better i i i know what play style i want to play with i like i don't worry about armor saves i just fucking go in and if i kill someone more power to me if i don't kill someone i got a i got like a squad of 50 more of them in the back and so that's basically my play style when it comes down to Age of Sigmar stuff. Yeah. It's the same thing with uh, with with my uh, 40k armies. I play Slanesh and Nurgle a lot. So I get a lot of these tough and fast units that are flying up the field, beating people to death with swords. Sisters of Battle. I have a shit ton of sisters with bolters. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> <laughs> now... One final thing I want to get into, uh, and then we can wrap this up, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so Warhammer was not my first uh, miniature game. My mm-hmm. first miniature game was Hordes. And... I'm sorry. <laughs> well, Hordes Hordes was able to to like grab my attention by the balls, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna pull it up here actually. Um, yeah, from Privateer Press. And uh, Circle of Ouroboros is what I started off with. And I loved it. I really did love uh, getting into it and yeah, starting... Werewolf aesthetic, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but at the same time, though, it's like, if I want to actually be able to play this with people, well, I'm a little shit out of luck because it's it's just nowhere near as big. What is making Warhammer much more successful than the Privateer Press games? It's not when it comes down to miniature games like like Warhammer in any in any fashion. What you need to realize is that they have spent God knows how many years on building up the lore of all of these of all of these armies. And it wasn't just 40K at first. It was it, it was Warhammer Fantasy. 
And then from Warhammer Fantasies, they started building into different games. You got the skirmish version. So if again, if you want a low model count, and you still want to play Warhammer Fantasy. You can play a skirmish game with someone. It's the same thing with Warhammer uh, Warhammer 40k. You want to play a skirmish based game where you just buy a box of Sisters of Battle or fucking Space Marines, just build them, clip them out, buy one book, and you're set. And you just get to play a different game while still within the 40 uh, 40k universe or the Age of Sigma uh, Sigmar universe mm-hmm. or f- fantasy for that matter. But the reason why 40k took off fairly quickly is because you probably haven't heard 40k for the tabletop you probably went to your local bookstore and found a book of them this is where black library comes into play this is their publishing this is the publishing branch this is where they create novels books short stories that start enticing people to get into the lore this is where we're getting the Horus Heresy novels. It is massive, by the way. You're getting a lot of these different books going into different, uh, what's it called, perspectives of each of these different factions. Uh, Space Marine Battles, if you want to see the perspective of, of the 40k universe from the perspective of a Space Marine from a specific chapter. Uh, I just finished reading uh, Rin's World. It's a remarkable book. If you ever get the time to pick it up, it's amazing. You will love it. It makes you feel good inside. Mm -hmm. If you want to feel, you know, super duper depressed because all of these, all of these characters are really fucking cool and you can't decide which one is cooler and they're all going to either fall apart or die. Horus Heresy. The Horus Heresy novels are a very good read but it's a giant fucking rabbit hole that will drag you down. Age of Sigmar has the same thing. Uh, they have two different characters in the Warhammer and the Warhammer fantasy universe known as Gortek and Felix. Gortek and Felix are basically, it is an, I think it's an elf and a dwarf just traveling together. And it, it's 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 just it's massive you will probably not hear 40k from a uh, from like a tabletop perspective you'll probably hear more about it from a lore perspective and that's why i think in my mind that is why the warhammer franchise picked off so quickly okay so so you think it's like the the lore is reaching people much faster than what you'd get from um war machines or yeah yeah okay and it's yeah and 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 in war machine i cannot for the life of me name off any book that comes from war machine Mm -hmm. there's probably a few out there but right now i didn't hear about war machine from a lore perspective i learned about it from just walking in and, and seeing someone play a game and it's just I have all three versions of Fiora downstairs right now. I love my Protectorate of Minoth. Deus full. But it's just... I cannot get people into... into the War Machine Hordes side of things because they will probably want to know more about these 
they they want to know more about the lore of the game before they get into the uh, before they get into the game they want to know what exactly is happening they want to he- hear stories from other uh, like from from inside of the universe they want to be you know they they want to be immersed in it and f- my opinion it just it just doesn't work yeah I, and, and 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 now they're releasing a bunch of different new factions and they're trying to patch up the holes in their community to make sure that people keep playing the game but it's just it just doesn't work mm-hmm. because you need to get people invested into the lore and if the only way that you can get them invested into the lore is by getting is by getting them into the hobby they're not going to do it games workshop learned this by making black library and it's just people start buying the books then they start want to start like looking at the game then they want to start buying models and before you know it you have about 10,000 uh 10,000 points of any faction in any game yeah and you love it to death i'm going to say a comparison here mm. and this is going to feel like a bit of a cheap blow from me but war machines feels a bit like a dollar store version of warhammer 40k it really does it feels and less inspired like it's it's got that that steampunk element that i think is cool mm-hmm. but it doesn't have the, the the wow factor to me that 40k does yeah and i don't want to get too far into it because again i haven't played war machine in god knows how many years yeah i think my last game was probably in 2012 jesus christ that was a wild but it's just they failed to get in the younger audience they failed to really entice people with the lore and the models they haven't updated a good amount of their models in a very long time and it's also metal resin and no one wants to work with metal because it's just so hard to like clean, so hard to work with, and it just uh... yeah. I don't want to paint a uh, a metal miniature. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's not a fun. Yeah, it's not a fun time, especially if you can't get the primer set on, uh, sit on correctly. Yeah, but it's just <sighs> Privateer Press is releasing a new line of models. It's a sci-fi universe. I don't know. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it will. I mean, yeah. maybe it won't. Maybe they're just blowing steam up people's asses and hoping that, you know, enough people come over to see what the hullabaloo is about before just falling flat. Yeah. I, I do want to see privateer press being successful though. Uh, because I, I truly do think that the, the hordes franchise is cool as shit. Mm-hmm. So, but I guess I mean we have been uh, running this for for long enough here. So let's go ahead and conclude the episode. Then, are there any other um, comments or things you want to mention about this before we do? Mm, eh, not really right now. It's just yeah. go for it. All right, 
Cool. Well, guys, thank you very much for listening to this episode and watching it on YouTube. If you want to uh, support us, go to uh, Patreon. Well, no, I can't. Uh, go to Facebook.com slash media. We do have uh, our uh, Patreon on hold at the moment here because my PayPal is now uh, no longer going to be able to be used because they're shutting it down. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. They never gave a reason why, so we'll be figuring this out. But we'll be having things back up and running soon. But until next time, though, fall damage. Okay. All right. So let me show you exactly why it didn't pop out. Yeah, let's... Yeah. All right. I'm going to put it in the general chat real fast. Boop-de-boop-de-boop-boop-boop. Pick up the pictures. There we go. Uh, don't ship product outside the U.S. more than once. For example, the Grimkin Army came out in 2017. It, God, it was that old? Yeah. Fuck. There's never been more in the U.K. after it sold out. Expect worldwide customers to go to them first when USPS sh charging absurd weight cap. Oh boy, don't give discounts yep. to FLGS's buying stock because we generate in-store foot traffic with our brand, so stores have to sell at a markup. Fired all their volunteer guys who ran demos and tournaments without warning or reason in a mad dash to make money when people stopped buying shit before MK3. They started selling legit loot boxes. What? Yeah. Blind items you bought not knowing what they are, flooding the market with unwanted minis, selling for far less than they were supposedly worth making stores not stock them. Uh, page 5 autism pick related. Uh, massive brain drain as higher-ups abandoned the company without any new jobs lined up. What's going mm. on? Okay, so there's a lot of uh, misdirection going on here. All right. Well, I guess that'll do it. Yep. And while this is all happening, by the way, Mm -hmm. Warhammer 40k drops the 8th edition of 40k making it more newbie friendly yeah and then all of a sudden just Warhammer Hordes just died that like that was it just They, they, they couldn't do anything. That's really sad. Well, Because the big thing is, I, I want to see more companies out there than just Games Workshop being successful at what they do. That's that's really what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Yeah, it's just the privateer press fucked up. They fucked up a long time ago, and no one was able to
No, no, no one's been able to uh, fucking actually talk about this because they have no idea where any of the models are. God. They they fucked up, and then they also created loot boxes. And the the loot box thing that they were talking about is something called uh, Monster Apocalypse. It's imagine. Uh, Imagine Godzilla. Like all the monsters. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs>